was brought in to help a company uh, before the pandemic who probably had been thinking of changes for a number of months, maybe even years, but it didn't get, that message didn't get to the rest of the staff. And so they made a whole bunch of changes. They brought in a whole group of vice presidents to create this level of, of leadership that they had never had before. And for the people on the ground, it was a huge shock because all of a sudden this happened. And I think that's often where leaders get caught up, that they're thinking about something, they're thinking about the future, and then they do the process to make it happen, but they didn't bring the other people along. And so for the other people, they don't know that it was months of thought. Mm-hmm. It just feels like tomorrow the change happens, or today the change happens. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty scary. This week on the podcast, we have Ted Ryder. He talks a little bit about how we can get over fears and get over struggles and how we can move to a better place, how we can acknowledge that problems have existed, but we are going to move forward. Um, During this time of COVID-19, I think it's especially important to understand this and realize that we need to have some type of growth within. So um, we'll jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Ted. We are so excited to have you here. Um, Would you like to give us a brief intro, um, an understanding of how you got involved in your work and what's led you here? And now what do you do? I'd love to. I'm Ted Ryder, and it's it's a lot of fun to be here on this podcast with you, talking about what I love most, which is going through transition and helping others go through transition, even at difficult times, uh, maybe even especially at difficult times. I got into this kind of work, really change management, steering organizations through big crisis and big change about 12, 15 years ago now. And I did so as a rabbi. And so I came in at that time into a synagogue to help them turn themselves around, recognizing that the direction they had been going was not going to sustain them in the future. So doing a big pivot and coming in to do that work. Um, That then led me just to get more and more interested in how organizations change and how people change. And over the years, especially the last few years, that's really been my own only focus. How do we go through transition? How do we stay grounded during a time of chaos so that we can make it through this transition and come out the other side healthier, uh, stronger, more empowered to bring really our mission to the world? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So then I guess, who do you work with now? Um, are you still a rabbi? Are you still working with those um, synagogues or what, what does that look like now for your world? Has it well, one, once a rabbi, always a rabbi. I'm no longer <laughs> serving a synagogue. Okay. Uh, instead, these days I, I serve uh, the for-profit world, the nonprofit world, the government world, individuals, who are going through transitions because really any kind of transition has similarities with other ones. Whether someone is going through a, a personal crisis in their relationship or whether a company is facing COVID-19 and trying to figure out how do we keep moving on? How do we, how do we stay committed to our real purpose and do so in a healthy way rather than totally imploding, which could happen in an organization it can happen in a marriage. So it's really all the same on some levels. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So I guess one of my questions, my first question would be how these people are obviously going through some drastic changes, especially now with this COVID-19 thing. It's probably bringing a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknowns. How do you get them from that place of, I'm just, we're not in a good place to that almost like heaven, so to speak. Um, and how do you get them to be the best that they possibly can be through this change? Um, and then also empowering them to get to, uh, get to a better spot. Yeah. Well, I, I think people are all, on all different um, stages of this transition. And especially right now with coronavirus, COVID-19, we have some who are just charging ahead. We have some who are counting the days till we can return to normal. And normal was three weeks ago, or as a month ago, it was at whatever it was ago. And so part of my work is helping those people understand that what was is not going to be again. Right. So there's a death of sort that they need to recognize. And there's a mourning process through that death. Um, part of it is simply acknowledging that this is real. This is not just some bad dream. We're not living in this surreal type of place where we think this is happening and we see something different. This is actually a big change that's happened in our society today. And unlike anything that most of us have ever experienced in our lifetime. So part of it is being with those people who are still back in what was. The other part is being with the people who are already jumping to the next thing. Yeah. And I love the excitement in it, but sometimes there's a bypass of what was lost in the process. And if they don't have a sense of what they left behind and of the other people who are still back there, they're going to be charging forward as leaders, but they're not going to have any followers, which means they're not a leader. So all across, across this whole spectrum, working with people who are in the past. I, I have this tendency, actually, I'm just noticing it in myself right now to say stuck in the past. Yeah. And stuck in the past has a real negative connotation. And they're in the past for honest, understandable reasons. So I don't want to put that stigma on them that they're stuck yeah. in the past. So for once, having compassion on them having compassion on those people who are still pining for what was. If we leave them behind, they're going to be the, um, the emotional casualties of yeah. this pandemic. Yeah. So it's being with those people, helping leaders understand those people. It's being with the leaders who are out front, helping everyone else understand why they're out front. Yeah. And so a lot of this is um, helping people recognize what is. And we're often thinking forward or back, but getting people present to we're in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So kind of going off of that, and you might have already touched a little bit on this, but how do you pair those two groups? So um, maybe in a company, one <laughs> one individual is so future forward. So moving towards that. And then the other individual is just mourning the death of the, <laughs> what has been, yeah. how yeah. does that transition? Um, how do you bridge that? And how do you help your clients and um, pretty much anyone get through that stage? 
and, and how do we help them do it remotely? Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's, that's the other big challenge. It was one thing when we were all in the same room mm-hmm. and we could have people listen to each other speak their truth. Yeah. Um, and we can do that online as well. And I've had some success with that as well, having multiple people on one call and having them really tap into where that other person might be. Um, but there's a realization that needs to happen which comes through dialogue, which comes through me sharing, which comes through me feeling safe enough mm-hmm. to share it with you, mm-hmm. right? I want to share what's going on and my boss is in the room. Yeah. Or I want to share what's going on and all these people who report to me, who count on me are in the room. So one is creating that place of safety. Yeah. Um, and then two, it's continuing after that. And I think what a lot of people perhaps miss in all of this process is that it's not a, oh, today I recognize what I need to do. And so I'll always hold on to that. It's today I recognize what I need to do and tomorrow I'm going to forget. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going to need to be reminded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's totally natural. That's yeah. totally natural. That's yeah. how we evolve. And so ideally anything I do with organizations that has this starting point that has ongoing support, ongoing coaching, Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a let's establish this ground of safety and then let's bring back the reminders mm-hmm. over and over again mm-hmm. um, and I, I've brought a lot of you asked do I still serve as a rabbi anywhere I don't for a congregation but so many things that I learned of 25 years serving in synagogues is how we go through these transitions. And it's very similar to the mourning process, mm-hmm. how we mourn a death of someone. Mm-hmm. And in my tradition, there are real, real uh, tangible things that happen at a time of death. We rip a cloth. We actually help bury our loved ones. So our hands are involved in this. Mm-hmm. Our sound from the ripping of that cloth is involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people who come over to, to greet us and to take care of us. So there's some very uh, important things that are very tangible. Mm-hmm. And so in some organizations, I've started helping them create that, mm-hmm. helping them create a ritual for recognizing that we're not going to back, go back to how it was. Um, in one, it was a ripping of business cards. <laughs> and and you know, I'm in the Bay Area, not a lot of people use business cards anymore, but oh wow, a rip that. Ah, or just rip off that title yeah. that the person had. Yeah. And we're not getting rid of that person, but we're recognizing that that company is forever changed. Yeah. That's a really cool process. What else have you done to almost symbolize that we are moving forward and... Um, that we're a changed society, but then also helping those two parties of we're moving way too fast and we're still mourning the, the not new normal or not even realizing that we should be. How, what are some of those yeah. supposedly rituals that you've brought people through? Uh, well, one is I've taken something again from my background and have written eulogies mm. or, um, or obituaries mm. okay. for what was, and I've had people go bury them in their backyards. Um, you know, ideally it'd be something that everyone do together, but, yeah. but it's like, okay, we're going to, to, to bury that. Um, and then we go through this rebirth process. 
Mm-hmm. If we're starting from this new normal, whatever it is, what do we want it to look like? And it's tempering people because what do I want it to look like is so hard to figure out when we don't know what the world will look like mm-hmm. and we don't know when. Will the quarantine be lifted in a couple of weeks? Will it be a couple of months? And my child's not going back to school. My children are not going back to school until the fall. Mm-hmm. And so even that is a little bit up in the air. So help, helping people understand that we're creating a new normal for now. And that doesn't necessarily tie us into what we'll be doing forever. Yeah. So a big thing I've been doing with, with groups is helping them redefine their job description for now. Hmm. Cool. And at the top, we put draft. Even if that's what they're going to be going by for now, we put draft or uh, our um, intermediary mm-hmm. job description. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, just psychologically helps people say, okay, this is not exactly what I want to be doing for the next three years or 20 years of my life, but I can do it for another month or another mm-hmm. couple months. And so it helps put that into perspective to say we're in this transition time and just acknowledging it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I love that idea. How has that helped people through this then? Can you explain a little more on that? Yeah, I think it's helped people recognize that what they're creating now, they're not tied into forever. Yeah. Because we can do just about anything for a short period of time when we know it's going to end at this date. Um, and we don't know exactly what the date is, but we know that at some point the quarantine or the shelter at home will lift. Mm-hmm. And I can do just about anything for the next month. Mm-hmm. It may not be my favorite part of my job, but I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple things need to be built in though. One is a commitment from the leadership that says, we're asking you to do this thing we know it's not comfortable. Like we understand why it's not comfortable. We get why it's not comfortable. And we're going to support you through this. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you the, the resources you need. Right? You know, me, me, for instance, I'm, we're going to bring in a coach. We're going to bring in consultants to help you do what you're doing on both the tactical, tactical level and also the emotional level. Mm-hmm. The other is to show that we empathize with you. We know that you're working out of your spare bedroom Mm -hmm. or out of your master bedroom (laughs) and your kids might be at home and you might be caring for um, older parents and younger kids at the same time. We know that you're going through things that you didn't do before. Yeah. Um, So we're asking you to do a lot, but we're going to support you through it. We get what you're doing and we're not going to drop you. Yeah. And I think that's one of the keys. That's one of the scary things for people. Am I going to do all this and be laid off tomorrow or when the pandemic lifts? Mm -hmm. And we can't necessarily give ironclad guarantees. But as leaders, I think we can say, we don't want to lay anyone off or anyone else off. Mm-hmm. We're going to do whatever we can to support you. We can't see the future, but we're holding your best interest as our best interest. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. I think that's what's going to distinguish the the exceptional leaders from the, the regular leaders. Yeah. And we're in exceptional times. Mm-hmm. And we don't need the normal leaders. We don't need yesterday's leaders. We need the exceptional leaders. And the exceptional leaders are the ones who have high levels of emotional intelligence, high levels of social intelligence, and can really support their staff through this whole transition. Yeah. So what would you tell managers besides just that? Um, what are some of the, the key things? And I mean, you've already mentioned them that you would just tell them up front. What are some of those? Um, More transparency is better. Mm-hmm. More transparency is better. Yeah. Uh, what often happens with change, and I saw this before I was working with, a, I was brought in to help a company uh, before the pandemic who probably had been thinking of changes for a number of months, maybe even years, but it didn't get, that message didn't get to the rest of the staff. And so they made a whole bunch of changes. They brought in a whole group of vice presidents to create this level of, of leadership that they had never had before. And for the people on the ground, it was a huge shock because all of a sudden this happened. And I think that's often where leaders get caught up, that they're thinking about something, they're thinking about the future, and then they do the process to make it happen, but they didn't bring the other people along. And so for the other people, they don't know that it was months of thought. Mm-hmm. It just feels like tomorrow the change happens, or today the change happens. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty scary. Yeah. So with everything uncertain, in the world, the more certainty we can bring through transparency, that's transparency both of motive and emotion. And now we also say uh, tactic, like here's actually what we're going to do. The more transparency we can bring, the better the staff will feel and it will actually soothe our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what a lot of leaders miss is that we're not just dealing with intellect when we deal with change. We're dealing with a nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what I do is actually embodied work. Yeah. How do do we train our nervous systems? And this takes time. How do we train our nervous systems over time to handle chaos and disruption and change? But even just in the moment, we haven't had the benefit of years of training in this for our staff. So how do I really feel into where they are. Yeah. How do I, how do I connect with my own truth? Mm-hmm. And how do I share that with them in a way that will be just soothing to them? So they say, ah, oh, okay. I feel like the leaders got me. They're, they're going to take care of me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like, also the transparency thing is so huge and even the over communication some i think that's really important right now of just being honest and open and 100% transparent and then just making sure that communication is so steady would you agree yeah yeah yeah, yeah. communication 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 you, <laughs> you really you really can't overdo it yeah um, and there are a lot of great leaders who don't have those skills. They're in those 
I shouldn't say there are a lot of great leaders. There are a lot of people in high positions who don't have those communication skills. Mm -hmm. And they got to those positions because they had some other brilliance. They, they, their brilliance is here's what's next or their brilliance is here's how I work with our investors or here's how I work with this and that. But it wasn't necessarily how do I communicate. Some of them bring in amazing communicators to work with them, like chief of staff or someone else in the, in the office who can help get that, uh, the message out and bring the messages back in a way that everyone can hear. Fortunately, communication is something we can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it takes someone <laughs> shaking the, the leaders to say, hey, you need to learn this, mm-hmm. but, it's, but it's something you can learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially now we need to be more than, more than ever be learning this and um, learning that transparency aspect and learning that communication goes so 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 far as if we do well yeah and again the communication is not just how do we appeal to someone's rational mind Mm -hmm. but how do we appeal to to something that's inside yeah and does that does that resonate with you when someone's speaking to your head or speaking to your heart yes absolutely absolutely and who do you want to follow yeah that's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah. Wow. Very insightful. Yeah. It's, um, it's always important work because change is the only thing we can really count on, mm-hmm. right? um, especially now. Yeah. So much is changing. What can we do for people that helps them feel secure in some place in life? And Again, it's the same thing that we need to bring into business is what we bring into family life. Mm-hmm. We bring into relationships. Right? We have people who are now sheltered in place with their partner and their kids and maybe parents and other people or roommates. And where we could have brushed things off before, we could have gone to escape like go to work to escape whatever's going on at home or something like that. Um, now it's more and more critical that we're, we can't really leave home right? yeah. unless we're an essential worker. And so, so how do we, how do we build that communication? How do we build that trust or rebuild that trust at home mm-hmm. when everything else in the world is, is disrupted? Absolutely. That's a great point too. It's not just at work, it's home. It's home. Sure. And, and, and the beauty of this work that I bring and other, other coaches bring in is when we work on this level, on the level of emotional and social intelligence, when we work on the level of embodied practice, the work that we do in our profession ends up benefiting the work that we're doing at home. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't matter what you present with. I've got this problem with my spouse or I've got this problem with my coworker. When we work on one, it actually benefits the other as well. Yeah. These are all human interactions. Absolutely. Not just a ledger sheet. It's like what's happening inside of us. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, do you have anything more to add, Ted? Hmm. 
I think this is a pivotal time. Yeah. I, I think we, most of us agree that there's a new normal right now. There's going to be a new normal in a couple months. And over the next year or a couple years, it's going to be ripples of this pandemic, probably for years. Mm-hmm. And how it impacted our families right now, it impacted our staff right now, it impacted our clients, and our customers right now. And I think this is the time to really step up and to say, okay, I'm ready to be an exceptional leader. I'm ready to be an exceptional leader in my office, in my home, in my community. And exceptional leaders do a couple things. One is exceptional leaders recognize that we are whole human beings. Exceptional leaders recognize they can't do it themselves. Yeah. And I think that if we can come out of this with a better understanding of those two things, then it sets up the possibility for that new normal to really be a beautiful new normal. Mm-hmm. Something we can really be proud of, something that we can really feel enlivened by, and something that will make this new world one of beauty. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> this welcome. has been so fun. You're um, welcome. It has been fun. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you? Um, I know on LinkedIn, obviously, but are there any other places? You can find me on LinkedIn, my, my own personal website, which is tedwriter.com. T-E-D, Ted, writer, R-I-T-E-R, just with one T in the last name, .com. Awesome. We'll put those in the show notes. All right. Thank it's you. It's been so a pleasure. Much. Thank yeah. you for your time and good luck with your own transition and, and figuring out what your new world is looking like and is is going to look like and um and i guess i think just one more thing yeah maybe it's just for you maybe it's for everyone it's that this critical sometimes painful time will pass yeah absolutely absolutely it will pass agree with that it whenever it passes it will pass yeah yeah maybe good for you on the other side maybe good for you throughout this whole process and um i'd love to hear how it goes for you. Yeah. Maybe we can check in again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.